Ten, I know I shouldn't be drinking these, man. It's Sunday. It's the Lord's Day. But little beat your ass so good to me. This is like my third or fourth one right here, brother. I was about to tell you to pump your brakes, but you know what you can get you, man? You get your Bogo deal. From Paisanos? What? That Bogo deal is the real deal. I think you might be right. I probably need that to put something on this, man. That's where you use the online code Bogo Pizza, right? Yeah, man. You get your one pizza and get the second pizza equal or lesser value for free. I'm going to need more than that. I'm going to need me about four, five, six pizzas right now. Put something on it, baby. Hey, you see, I'm over here, man. I might take a slice or two. Well, what about little beat your ass? His ass is whoop. <laughs> Coming up on the Santana Mall Show, we talk about my trip to Miami and my visit back to FedEx Field. And we have Eric Moses from Events DC, who's basically going to tell us what we already know. DC's off the hook, y'all. Super Bowl, Super Bowl, yeah, that's me. Patriots or Rams, who are you choosing? I'll tell you who I'm betting in the game, because you know I got a little action on it, Tanner, man. Taking nails, man. The DMV, we've all taken L today. You ain't lying. It's cold outside, but it's warm. In fact, it's caliente for the Santana Moss Show podcast. It's a Santana Moss Show. Home of Blue Ball Number 89. Hustle all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. We didn't warn you we have a theme song. That's Shy Glizzy. <laughs> Everyone who's a guest here is always guessing who this artist is right here. Oh, no, but he's hot. He is hot. He's this needs hot. to be on iTunes, right? It was Santana actually rapping that. I, I thought it was Shy. I wish. I thought it, it was Shy Glizzy. It's not me, but somebody gave me a, a nice theme song. Yes. And we definitely need it on iTunes. We appreciate that theme song. That's yeah. all right. No doubt. I'm bringing ringtones back. I'm going to yeah. make it my ringtone. <laughs> I'm bringing that back. It's Santana Moss Show Podcast, Travis Thomas, Santana Moss, and a very special guest. No doubt. Eric Moses. Now, Tana, you yeah. know it's important when I have to write down a title oh, yeah. because it's lengthy. <laughs> Senior VP and Managing Director of Events DC. Eric, I will say this. I told you a little bit of this off camera, but I know three or four people that I'm tight with within the Events DC umbrella. I mean, you all are doing amazing stuff over there. You have great people working for you. So we're definitely going to get into all that through this show. But first, we'll start with the man, the myth, the legend, Santana. What have you been doing since the last time we were together, my brother? Where is Wardo? I mean, it's literally with you. It's unbelievable. I'm everywhere always. Last week, I didn't have much going on. Only thing I did last week, I had an appearance at FedEx Field. Kind of odd because, you know, I got a call and they said, hey, you want to come and do an end-of-the-year party with the uh, game day operations crew? So I'm like, who's the game day operations? Like, everyone who runs FedEx Field, you know, for game day, they throw an end-of-the-year party for all their workers, people that greet you at the front gate, the guys that usher you down to your seats. So I'm like, sure, I'd love to be a part of it. And so that's what I did last week. I enjoyed the night out with them. They gave out trophies and awards to the old ones who was privileged enough to receive those awards for their great accommodating us, you know, yeah, the sure. fans and everybody else. Besides that, I went home to Miami. I went to see my kids, you know. I'm in off season now, so I find it. Last year, I was wondering why I stayed up here so much through this time of year, but I forgot I had my oldest up here, and he was in school at Stonebridge. And right. so now he's in college at FIU. And I find myself sitting home over there in Loudoun County. Nothing like, but time, I'm right? Like, hmm, I need to go see the kids. So I find myself now, the time that I get away right. from doing what I'm doing now, from either the podcast or doing other you know, shows, I just take a quick flight to Miami and make sure everything's still intact. And instead of me spending the weekend, I extended it a little bit. And I came up here you know, late last night and made sure that I got all the time I can get in with them. Now, what's funny is I asked him, I was like, 
what's the weather like in Miami? It's uh, got to be 75. Uh, it was Tanner, please tell the people. 57. I mean, I was in sweats riding my bike, and I'm pretty sure anybody who stayed in Kendall or ride up and down those streets off of 72nd or Kendall Drive, if you ever see a hooded guy <laughs> on a bike and he's just moving just as quick as your car is moving, it's me. I enjoy my cardio sessions because I like to include them into my workouts. I yeah. normally work out every morning. And I probably get a run in in the morning, but I give myself a bonus cardio session at night, and I go out and ride the bike for either 14, 12 to 14 miles. Just yeah. try to get an hour in at least, but 57 degrees. Wow. Man. And I can just imagine the whole time I'm here, I'm calling a couple of my buddies up here, and I'm like, you know, how's the weather up there? They're like, you better bring it. You better bring everything you have. I'm like, well, I came here with nothing because I knew it was going to be warm, and um, I was shocked, yeah. you know? So to come back to D.C. yesterday— Man, I was in for a rude awakening. It's no joke. All right, so, Eric, let's get into this because, as I said, you guys are so busy all the time, and I'm looking around, and I see the XFL and the affiliation, CAA and the affiliation, eSports, which is going nuts right now, and I see the affiliation. Let's start with the XFL because my memories of it are Vince McMahon, of course, and it was this kind of down your throat, we're going to supplant the NFL and we're going to take over and be the go-to and it didn't work out. This time, it seems like a smarter, different approach. Why the XFL, why DC, and why events DC? A lot of your listeners may not even remember the first iteration of the XFL back in 2001. At that time, I think it was positioned more of a competitor to the NFL but still a springtime league. This time around, Vince McMahon, the first thing he did was hire Oliver Luck. Yes. Uh, has a kid named Andrew who plays a little bit of ball. He's pretty yeah. good. Plays yeah. a little bit of ball. Pretty good. Uh, in Indianapolis. Was an EVP at the NCAA, was a uh, athletic director at West Virginia. I mean, the man has run the NFL Europe. I mean, he knows football. So they're taking it very seriously. And this is really about extending the football season. It's not about being a competitor to the NFL. It's about, for that 90 million football fans, 45 million of which are hardcore fans who never want football, professional football to end, it doesn't have to end. Super Bowl is over. week right. later, XFL starts up, and you continue to watch quality football being played in a unique way. Right? They're looking to reimagine football. What they say is, uh, and the commissioner says, less stall, more ball, yeah, right? Yeah. More action on the field, less idle time, player safety, and the introduction of really unique technology. I think it's genius, though, because one of the things that I do remember about the OXFL, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure where this guy is now, but I remember he hate me. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the guy that was, you know, he had that he hate me on the back of his jersey. Yeah. And I found it humorous back then watching those games and just seeing the different things that they was allowed to do. Yeah. I was a part of the NFL at the time, and I'm saying to myself, like, man, these guys getting the chance to just, you know, some of the things we see now that's allowed in our game for the celebrations sure. and different things oh, like that. Oh, they were that, way ahead of they that. They were way ahead yeah. of that. What I do appreciate now is no competition. It's not mm-hmm. a competition league saying that we are trying to – outdo you you know yeah. you cannot do the nfl yeah i well, think these guys are mafia i call it a mafia they right. mafia up to whereas you just allow these guys to be a part of what you're doing but don't sure. try to be the competitor that's it and correct me if i'm wrong eric but i feel as though even when you bring up like the he hate me stuff and some of the celebrations and some of the stuff we saw from the xfl that was more gimmicky this yeah. time around to me it feels more about football They're going to put a quality product on the field. There are a lot of guys out there who can play high-level football if they're coached the right way and given the right resources, and that's what's going to happen this time around with the XFL. I would say he hate me. I think his name was Rod. Rod Smart, I think. 
played for about eight years in the league, is my understanding, after that. Santana makes a great point. The XFL kind of changed the way that we watch football. Sure did. Those sky cams and those cable cams above, that came from the XFL. The access for the crowd into the locker rooms and miking up players more often, that came from the XFL. There are a lot of innovations that came out of that one single season that the NFL and other sports broadcasters kind of took on as a result of the XFL. So I think you'll see that kind of technological innovation also with some refining of the game around the edges. They've been working last month in Mississippi with two JUCO teams, checking oh, wow. out some different kind of game adjustments to some of the rules and some of the gameplay and the speed-up gameplay. So, uh, And they just, I think, announced today they signed up with the Spring League to do some essentially R&D on the game to wow. make it more appealing, especially to younger fans who want to see more action and want things to move more quickly and want to have their imagination captured. Now, you mentioned Oliver Luck. He's the commissioner. But... I'm looking at these names. I mean, you got Doug Flutie, Jim Caldwell, John Fox. Do you think this brings some credibility, especially, and you could speak to this because you're an expert on this stuff, but I would think this is a rebrand in a lot of ways. When you bring names like this in, that brings instant credibility, does it not? It does. The head of football operations is Doug Whaley, who used to be the GM for the Buffalo Bills. They've got some legitimate NFL and football talent throughout the league. Just hired a new president and CEO, Jeffrey Pollock, who came from the San Diego Chargers. This league will succeed because it has the right kinds of football minds in place. And I think it's going to be great. And we're happy that Washington, D.C. is one of the eight inaugural teams to uh, start up in February 2020. I don't know if you've been there yet. They'll have games at Audi Field. Have you been there yet where the United play? I mean, that field is remarkable. When I heard that the games will be there, I was fired up. First and foremost, Santana, you should be my guest this year for a a game at Audi Field, D.C. United. Travis is exactly right. It's a very intimate stadium. It's got 20,000 seats, but it's very close to the field. If you're not careful, you will catch a soccer ball on the side (laughs) of the head. So uh, watching football there and getting the fans closer to the field is going to be incredible. It's going to be like a little bit of that RFK feeling then. They say the RFK was one of those feelings where – you know, the fans, you can hear the rattle in the stands great, and you bro. felt it and everything. So oh, yeah. that'll be pretty dope, man. Yeah, it's going to be great. It's All cool, right, so yeah. let's transition now to the CAA. Now, yeah. I'm a Towson Tiger. I know you're a Tar Heel. You're a Miami Hurricane. I'm going to show some Towson Tiger love in here, baby. <laughs> let's go. So I obviously have love for the CAA. No doubt. You guys have the CAA tournament now, right, with yeah. DC events? So we just built a new 4,200-seat arena over on the St. Elizabeth's campus in Congress Heights, Washington, D.C., and very proud of it. Opened it up in October, had Mary J. Blige come in and rock the oh. house for us. Cage the Elephant did a great show for us as well. The CAA men's tournament was the first big announcement we made about a sporting event that's going to come there. So we'll have their men's tournament in 2021 and 22. Okay. We're actually heading down in March to check them out in North Charleston, where they've been for the last, this will be the third year that they've been down there. D.C. is perfect for that conference because we sit right in the middle of their geography, which goes from Boston down to South Carolina. And with Towson and JMU and William and Mary kind of being the closer teams here, we think it's going to be really great. CAA teams always do well in the tournament, too, Tana. Just a little insight for you. Are you you saying that because you (laughs) tell me? (laughs) I mean, I am biased. Yeah. But we do well in the tournament, man. I mean, we're, you know. I'm not gonna win the whole thing. I'm a guy that paid attention a little bit, so I'm not gonna sit in that like I know a whole lot. We're no Tar Heels. I know you're a betting guy, too, so. Yeah, buddy. We do, all right. CAA does the same. So, also, let's jump into esports, too. Okay. 
So there's an Overwatch tournament you guys are quarterbacking here, right? We I'm have, new to the esports world, but I, it's a big world, Eric. It's a huge world. Where does this world come from? Because I'm sitting here listening and reading up about it like a couple of years ago. I would have never know this thing exists. You yeah. Know? You know what the short answer on that is? There are more people out there who can be very, very good, even professional esports players than can do what you did. Wow. <laughs> and that means that you ha- literally have billions of people in a potential fan base because guys watch somebody <laughs> playing League of Legends or Overwatch or Madden or 2K Live and they go, I can do that. Like, my kids play Fortnite all the time. Yeah, mine too. And not that they're going to beat Ninja or any of the best mm-hmm. players, but if you practice enough, you can get there. None of us can run a 4-2. I can't be 6'8", 270 pounds like LeBron. And I think that's why you've seen this explosion. And it's an international sport, and you can play against people all over the world from the comfort of your own home. And that's different because, you know, you think about it, and, and he just said something that really hit home with me. He said there's more guys that's been displayed on esports than what I did, you know, as a professional football player. My sons, and both of them doing it, but my youngest right now, Savion, I find it crazy because I remember I was just being home, and we didn't allow him to play the game. Right. And late night, I hear the game being played, and I'm sitting there saying to myself, I know I just told this joker don't play this game. I go in there, and he's watching someone on the TV play the game. And I like, I thought I told you not to play Fortnite tonight. Then I'm not playing. I'm watching. Watching. So I tell him and my oldest, like, look, if y'all watch – Football itself or whatever right. sport you're trying to play itself, you can get the same notes in the same game and be able to put it with children. That's what I did. You know, I was one of those guys that, you know, I tell folks to this day that I wasn't just a guy that went out there and played. I watched my peers. I watched guys who I looked up to before me and I took a little bit and put it with me, you know, mm-hmm. and made it mine. And so now I'm seeing these guys watching that, video that, gamers. Yeah. And that's why I say when I read up about esports, I'm sitting here like, well, wow, this is what my kids have been doing the whole entire time. They sitting there watching these guys go to war on, on Fortnite and talking about this guy who's supposed to be the Fortnite king and all this stuff. And I'm sitting here, I'm not in that world, so I'm lost when it comes down to it. But to sit up there and sit and read about it, that's professional players. Yeah, was, and they're making know? real money too, bro. Crazy. They're making real money. So you can't get mad at your kids now. They're studying yeah, their craft. I don't know if they're going to make some they're real make, money playing some work. You don't know. Games. Doing film work, <laughs> you man. Never you don't know. You never know. Send them to events DC. They might be the next <laughs> yeah. thing. Doing film work. You never doing know. Film work. Look, if somebody would pay you Woo! to see you run routes and catch balls in practice yeah. and pay to subscribe to your YouTube channel, yeah. and You're that's right. what's happening in esports. And, you know, we're happy to be able to support the Washington yeah. Justice, which is the new Overwatch team that belongs to DC. Overwatch is the only esport that is going to a traditional sports model where okay. the teams will play in home venues in cities. Okay. So, how are these teams formed? So, you have owners that go out and find the best players in the world and try to sign them on their team. Best gamers. The best gamers. A lot of them come from Asia and Europe, but we've got a lot in in the U.S. as well. I'm just curious, like, how do you find out who's the best gamers? Like, what kind of scout report you follow, or do you have to actually see these guys play live, or what is it? It's a great question. There's a whole ecosystem. One of the easiest ways is, frankly, just like your kids are playing Fortnite, Mm -hmm. you can see who the better players are because they usually have their own streaming services and channels. And you can see, like, that's how Ninja got to be the biggest and best known. That's the name uh, that my son talks about. That's who he's watching. Dude's got Visa commercials. He just did a Super Bowl ad. He got Red Bull signed him as an endorser. I mean, these guys are making, you know, millions of dollars in some instances. That's crazy, man. (laughs) That's awesome, though. (laughs)
Did I miss my calling? I know. Hey, I heard it's all gonna those be, years um, of playing Mario Brothers. I didn't get. They're, they're, they didn't add up all the stuff. I was my stats. They're considering <laughs> making this an Olympic sport. Yeah. I swear to God, I've I seen couldn't that. have been a Donkey Kong man, champ. I was, I was a Mario <laughs> champ, man. You hear me? I raced home from school to play Mario <laughs> Brothers. My mama used to kick my behind. Boy, you didn't do that homework. I'm sitting there. there. I got the stage eight. Boy. <laughs> hey. I Eric, my calling, man. Let me ask you this. When people outside of the market think of D.C., they obviously think politics, right? But what I love about events D.C. is you guys are really honing in on sports big time. And can you speak to that from your position of D.C. as a sports town and why events D.C. is really aligned with the sports culture here in the city? We are the official convention and sports authority for the city. Our job is to sell the city for all things event-related, whether that's a convention or meeting or trade show at the convention center, or it's a sporting event, entertainment event, concerts, international friendlies at RFK or at Audi Field. Our mayor likes to say she wants D.C. to be the sports capital of the United States. And we have a bad reputation, like other towns, for not being great sports towns. And the way that trope goes is, D.C. is a transient town. People come here from all over the country for a little while. They work on the hill. They do whatever. They come with their own allegiances, and then they leave. Well, I know plenty of people who are third, fourth, fifth generation, have been here, love these teams. And then there are new residents coming in, a 1,000 new residents a month for the last five or six years moving into D.C., especially millennials, who love this city, man. You see the stars and bars everywhere now. Yeah. People got it tattooed on their arms, they're wearing T-shirts and everything. And we think with the introduction of a new XFL team and a new Overwatch team, folks are going to be able to embrace those teams because I got here at the same time this team started up. I wasn't here when the Redskins started, yeah. you know, but just like Nats fans yeah. and D.C. United fans, those were new franchises and people rallied around those. We're excited. Our job is to sell the city and to sell the sports community. And it makes me it makes me happy every day to get up and be able to do that. How much did the Stanley Cup change things for this area as a sports town? It helped a lot, man, because the last big championship was 92 with the Redskins. Yes. Right. And so and and I will say I, I drove up straight from Chapel Hill after the game was over. Did with my boys all the way to D.C. to wow. get here to, to wow. see what was happening on the streets. And it was a very different city than, than it is now. Let me yes. just wow. I'll just stop there and say it's a very different city. But that parade was great. I got a chance to ride on one of the open top buses with the mayor and other folks and to see the streets lined with people crazy. rocking the red, yep. many of whom I'm sure weren't even hockey fans, yeah. but were out there because just everybody wants to be yeah. a winner, yeah. right? Just and be associated with a winner. So I even yeah. felt it, man. I mean, I, I know you, those, you were I mean, on a, I was excited, yeah. man. Yeah. I was ecstatic because, you know, you sit here as a player and, and you know you want to bring a championship to the city. And like I said before, in my wildest dreams, I would never believe that I can walk these streets and people give me so much praise of what no I've doubt. done, and I didn't do anything. I played a sport that it was a team sport that you actually recognize for your individual accolades, sure. but you're more recognized for Super Bowls. Right. You know, I see more guys now that they parade around because not because he was a hell of a individual player. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah, and you the see glory it on, days, you see it on right? TV. Mm-hmm. You see it on. You see it everywhere. So, being a guy that I went out there and handled my business. Yes. You know, I took pride in everything I did. I represent my family name and my team name well and the city that I rep. And to not have a championship to follow, I felt like it was a letdown. I've always had that in the back of my head. It was, to me, a failure, you know, my stint here. But I appreciate the fans who recognized and saw what I was worth by how I gave my heart to what I did. You know what I mean? That's it. 
we can be everything that you just said. We yep. can be the capital in sports here because you have the diehard fans that's willing to go out there and back you, regardless of what it is. We can talk all day about how the fans feel about the Redskins right now, but to see what the Caps did, mm-hmm. to see what the Nats have been trying to do, mm-hmm. and how close. close they have gotten, yeah. you know what I mean? United. We, we need more of that, yep. you know? And that's why I'm Mystics. you know, I'm knocking on wood every night and hoping these skins can really shake the bug because it's only a bug. They have the players. You have to find the right coaches and the right people a couple more guys here and there. So this city is just waiting. They're waiting for an explosion of all these different teams to really go out there and be successful because the city is really set up to be that. D.C. is off the hook. And now here's one thing. There is a tie to D.C. with the Super Bowl coming up. Sean McVay, head coach of the Rams, was right here in Uh. our grasp. He was right here, Eric. We let him get away. He's the one that got away, right? Now he's leading the Rams. When you see Sean McVay on the sideline for the Rams in the Super Bowl, for God's sakes, what goes through your mind? We had him, Tana. Wow. You know, this, <laughs> that's how close we were as a team in Washington, having somebody that we watched every day that I saw his potential day one. 24 years old when I met him, and the way he talked in our meeting room, you know, he was an assistant receiver coach. And I remember that year vividly because I think we had Keenan McCardell, which a guy who I played with. I watched him being a Floridian, you know, coming mm-hmm. up in Miami, watching him with the Jacksonville Jaguars with Mark Brunel. He coaches now too, doesn't he? And now he? he coaches, yeah, he coaches. He coached in Maryland. He yeah. coached at Jacksonville now. And I remember him being my receiver coach after just playing a couple of years prior with him as a receiver. And he's a receiver coach, and he's kind of learning something new like me. This offense is new to him just as well as it's new to me. And I remember having an assistant, Sean McVay, in there, and he spoke up one night. And I'm sitting there, and I turn around, and I say, Keenan, give me a minute. Say what you said again, Sean. And Sean broke it down to me as if I was a five-year-old, step by step. I, like, I understood it more. I guess me being the guy in the room, you know, being the veteran, being the elder, everyone else kind of listening to me. Sean stepped to me after that meeting and was like, man, I appreciate you allowing me to speak because now everyone else is going to have to hear what I have to say. And I'm like, no, regardless of who you are, what's your status, how old are you, doesn't mean nothing. You can put my kid in your position. If you're my coach, I have to listen because you have something to give me. And I say, if I can take it, then they can take it. And that's the way he felt. Before you know it, man, this man was giving us Jews, dropping Jews every day. Every day, I remember wow. sitting in those meetings, and I'm just sitting there like he was filling my left ear up because he was sitting on that side, and I'm sitting there like, man, like I can't go wrong in practice because he's breaking this thing down sure. in a way that you wanted it broke down. I don't care how much you know, he broke it down to the where that even if you didn't know the game, you was gonna learn that day. And to see him where he's at right now, I just feel like we, you know, we missed out. We missed out on something that we could have had. So, Eric, on one side of it, you see a prodigy, right? A boy genius, and Sean McVay. But, Eric, on the other side of that field now, Bill Belichick is no slice of bologna either. No doubt. Who do you like in this game? I don't bet against TB12. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just don't. I yeah. mean, after watching that Atlanta Super Bowl with the buddy <laughs> from Boston who at halftime literally was ready to turn the television <laughs> off. And I said, I said to him, is Tom Brady still playing? Is he, is he going to play in the second half? Because if he is, that means you have an opportunity. Yeah. And obviously they made the most of that. I just don't bet against those guys. With it's a machine, and uh, I'm a little tired of it. I don't mind dynasties, but I prefer it be my team that establishes course, the dynasty. Of course. But I wouldn't bet against them. I think what McVay has done with L.A. is fantastic. It's well-timed given the two-plus billion-dollar oh. stadium that they're building out in L.A. or stadium complex Definitely they're building. Timing, yeah. I want the skins to be good because we need them to be good. 
good as yes. part of this kind of sports ecosystem. And maybe McVay would have been able to do that here, but maybe not. Maybe He's not. got a pretty You're good right. quarterback You're out right. there. He's got a guy named Sue and a guy yeah. named Donald. Yeah. And, and Aaron Donald is doing things that nobody has done in a no very long time. No question. Todd so Gurley is bad. Todd Gurley's yes. not yeah. bad. You know, yeah. it's, it's a different team. So you never know what would have happened. I ask you this. Fair. Is it a coincidence that our local football team has not been very successful since they left the District of Columbia? I'll just let that linger. I'll just let that linger. And, and what is it a coincidence? May the congregation what, say amen. What I've been saying, we need to find our way back. Yeah, I feel like those those old guards are sitting there waiting to You've just, been you know. Saying that. I was a part of a team in New York where I was a New York Jets. We was based in Long Island, and we played in New Jersey at Giant Stadium. Don't get me wrong, I'm pretty sure they probably played over there for years. But I just found it odd to be making that travel to Long Island, not really being a part of New York. Right. You know what I mean? I feel like we was on the outskirts. And then I get here, I'm here in Washington. So all I've ever heard of in Washington was RFK. When I got here in 05, I had no clue about FedExville. Even though I played there before, I never knew what the field was called because when you're on the opposite side of the field, you don't care where you're playing at, what stadium you're playing at. You're just playing Washington Redskins. And I remember when I got accustomed to saying, okay, we're based in Ashburn, Virginia, and we're making this trip to Maryland, but we're the Washington Redskins. Hold on, what I'm missing? You know? Right, right. So to see how we've been as a team, especially from my 05 year getting here to now, 2018 just passed, now in 2019, something missing. I've been hearing the whispers about we need a new stadium. I've been hearing whispers about where should we build this new stadium. Unless you're going to knock down RFK and rebuild it, there's no other place. Bring it back to D.C. Bring it back home. Bring it back where the fans that beloved us, and even these fans that finally were not to come into our game, give them something to come to. Give them something to really say, now I want to be a part of what you have going on because now you're catering to us. You know, I feel that we have so much going on here. And as a Redskin, these people are pouring out money, you name it. They're hard, everything. You know, their commitment for years, and we haven't given them nothing back. Yeah. So it's time for us to give something back and not look for nothing in return. At the end of the day, all we can do is win. Yep. and give them something that they can really be prideful about and hold their heads high about. So what he just said hit home because I've been saying for years, man, I think that's missing. We need to find our way back to D.C. Well, we'd like there to be more Washington and the Washington Redskins. I second that notion on both of you. All right, so he's going Patriots. I'm going Patriots. What are you doing for the Super Bowl? Patriots oh, Rams. <laughs> Don't get offended. You asking me about uh, who I'm riding with? Cause, Drake! I mean... <laughs> No, honestly, man, I've been wrong all year, all, yeah. all postseason. I've been right. wrong, and I just find it odd, man. I, I'm sitting in between things because I care less about who win or lose. I do have a little favorite when it comes to Sean McVay being there, and I would love to see him hold that trophy high. Then I will find it odd to not see Belichick them do what they do. I mean, last year was odd to me, but I wanted them to be in them shoes last year. I just wanted the NFC East to really have a chance to really say that, you know, we not who they thought we were, you know? Right. And for the Eagles to do what they did last year, I was proud of that. But to see these guys back again with everything that transpired through this year and not to think that they can bring it home, yep. it'll be odd. So I found myself sitting in the same spot. I found myself all postseason. Who I say is going to win doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm going to ride with, like he said, be TB12. Because I feel like they just do things the right way, regardless of who you present to them, you know, whether it's going to be the best offense, the best defense. Now, I do say this with the Rams, they have more to worry about than just a high-powered offense. You know, New England Patriots have to worry about Donovan Sue. You said that. That rush is going to be tremendous, especially in the interior where Tom loves to step into. 
another thing you have to leave out there that won the Super Bowl against these guys, and he knew what it took. And also Wade Phillips, who won the Super Bowl against these guys, he know what it takes. So unless these guys hitting on all cylinders on the defensive side, and when I say all cylinders, I mean that pass rush is being effective. Those guys out there pressing those receivers, making sure it's hard for those guys to get open. Double-teaming guys that need to be double-teamed because you saw two weeks ago the Los Angeles Chargers didn't double-team guys when they needed to in critical situations. They could have easily been in the Super Bowl right now if they double-teamed Edelman. You knew he was going to this guy, him or Gronk. If you don't do what's need to be done against these guys, they're going to find a way to beat you. And that's why I find it hard to go against them. Now, like I said before, do I want Sean McVay to win? Yes, because I feel like it's something that would be pleasant about that, just seeing this guy in his second year bring a championship back to Los Angeles when the whole reason of bringing this team back is to bring that flavor or that Glory. vibe back, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, to Los Angeles, to L.A. Yeah. That's, that's why the Lakers are who they are, bringing right. LeBron back, because they need that. L.A., without Shaq, Kobe, without somebody like LeBron, isn't star. L.A., you know right. what I mean? They you need that star power. So mm-hmm. to see these guys in that seat, to have this chance to bring a championship back, this premature in his career yeah. as a head coach there, man, it would be great. But it's hard to go against those Patriots. Yeah, so all three of us, I think it's fair to say, with our hearts, would like to see the Rams win. Yeah. With our brains, we're all picking the Patriots. In fact, I took a little trip to the sports book, gentlemen. <laughs> in this packet, as you see, it's very thick, Eric, here. It's like an encyclopedia. All money lines, spreads, prop bets, you name it. My bets for this game, gentlemen, I did points. I did the first half under, which was like 28 points. I think it'll be like a heavyweight fight. I think they'll feel each other out at first. Could be low scoring in the first half. Second half, fireworks. So I took the over of the total points, which was 58. In the second half? Entire game, it's 58, 58. which is a Super Bowl record. Now, it's come down a little bit since. But I got it at 58, so I think there will be a lot of points. How much did you bet on? How much did you wager on that? We're not going to go into that. And then I also (laughs) – I I like to go big, man. I want to know because I want to go ahead and jump on your bandwagon. I'm going to jump on your coattail. We can do that. I would say you'd probably have a little more to put on it than I will, but that's, that's another conversation for another day. This is the only prop I did. Tom Brady rushing touchdown, so I think a QB sneak. I got it at really good odds. They used to do it a lot. They haven't done it in a long time because they got 19 running backs on the Patriots, and you don't know who's going to run the ball any given game. James but White, I think if they, right, I right. like that bet. But I think if they get within the one-yard line, I like that. You can Belichick pulls all the stops out yeah, for a Super Bowl. And I can know, see Tom, Brady with a snake, the little over the top. Yeah. That pays out well, so that's what I did there. And I might change if they go with the Eric Dickerson uniforms. I might, Ooh, I might, they I might switch it up. Throw back. Oh, they, they, they're, they're, they're those, throw back. those other uniforms, yeah, I just I don't I'm like, man. Give me the, give me the Dickerson. I'm with you. I definitely don't like the St. Louis Rams uniforms. So I was hoping that when they got to LA, they just were done with those uniforms. And I've seen that they found their way out of those. I like the Dickerson. I thought it was going to be more of the white. Ram logo right. yeah. on the helmets, and they kind of played with that a little bit this year. But the Dickerson uniforms, no was, doubt, that was LA. That no was doubt. LA Rams, no doubt. Taking L's this week, we all took them. Not just us three, all of us yeah. took L's this week because of this cold weather. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Can we just get to the spring or the summer already? For we, God's sake, we sakes? could be in Chicago negative fifty-one. You're right, Good and point. we haven't seen the worst of it yet. We just in January oh, still. We barely got out of January. I just can't. I found do out last it. year that what it is March or February, March when it really gets critical here when it comes to the oh, winter. 
Trust me, more trips to Miami for me. No doubt. I might be with you on those. <laughs> I'm hiding your suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Moses, Events DC. Tell people where they can go and find out more information and be a part of the movement, really. Absolutely. EventsDC.com is our website. You'll find all the information about all our events coming up. And remember, 2020 is going to be a big year for DC sports. No Overwatch, CAA, XFL. It's going to be and a guess really what? big year. No doubt. This we duo got, need to be a part of it. We got to be a part of it, Eric. Let's figure it out. We got to be a part of it, Let's man. Let's figure it out. I think we can do it. Match made in heaven. That's the way I see it. Santana Moss Show podcast. It's a Riz app. It's a Santana Moss Show. Home of Blue Ball Number 89. I'm all the time. Travis on the right. Hot mic on the left. Every single week. It's a lyrical fact.